from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I am your host, Mike De Niro. Before we get into the show, thank you so much, everybody who supports this podcast. Thank you for following along on Instagram, always at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. Thank you for downloading the podcast, leaving reviews, leaving your rates. Thank you so much. Without your support, we can't do this. So thank you and continue supporting because it is only going to be up from here. A lot of great stuff happening. What a show we have for you guys today. Oh my god, we have a lot to talk about. We have the big AEW Blood and Guts review. We have MLW Fusion. We have news and notes. And we have the return of making an impact. We were talking about CNA Impact from 2005, December 24th, Christmas Eve. And what a great show that was. But let's get into the news for today. For all the Deathmatch fans that listen, it was announced that Deathmatch legend, the god of the Deathmatch, the god of the explosion match, Atsushi Onita, the god of hardcore, is starting his own promotion. Remember, this is the founder of FMW. He's starting FMWE, a promotion that will specialize in explosion matches. So maybe they could show AEW how it's done. But that is just crazy, crazy, crazy news. Also, if anybody saw last night's MLW Fusion, oh my god, El Jefe is back. Dario Huerto is back in the wrestling industry and he will be on MLW. But we'll talk about MLW later today. We're going to be discussing what was a really, really fun MLW Fusion from last night. Also, it looks like former WWE superstar Kalisto, Samurai Del Sol, will be trying his hands literally in the boxing ring. It looks like he will be going into boxing. That is what he's teasing on his Twitter. So, kind of a slow news day, but let's get into what was one crazy-ass Wednesday night. We had such a great, great, great pay-per-view quality show coming out of AEW. We had a really fun show coming out of MLW, so let's get into it. 
Let's talk about what the people came to see. Let's talk about AEW Blood and Guts. This was a spectacle. This was an amazing, 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 amazing matchup. I really enjoyed AEW Blood and Guts. The show starts out with MT Nakazawa and Kenny Omega versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Mox and Kingston pick up the victory. They basically destroy Nakazawa for the whole match. The Bucks come out. Gallows and Anderson come out. They attack Omega. No, they attack Moxley and Kingston. It's a five-on-two attack. Next, we got Britt Baker. Oh, it's announced that Britt Baker will be facing Hikaru Shida at double or nothing. So Britt Baker finally gets her world title shot. I think that this is time to pull the trigger, and Britt Baker needs to win the AEW Women's Champion. I'm a big fan of Hikaru Shida. Nothing against her, but it's time for a change, and Britt Baker definitely deserves it. She definitely grew on us since the start of her run here in AEW. Night and day differences. She really grew into the character, and she deserves that title. So I am rooting for the doctor. The doctor. Whatever, however she says it now. The doctor. The doctor. Anyway, QT Marshall versus Cody Rhodes. This was a pretty basic matchup. It, it didn't really feel like a grudge matchup like they wanted it to feel. It was basic. Cody got busted open, but what's new? Cody's Cody got paper skin. Shit just busts open. He 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 was bleeding at the end of this matchup. Cody picks up the victory here. QT Marshall with a good showing. He kicked out of the crossroads, which is really big for a wrestler at the caliber of QT. But Cody Rhodes beats him with the figure four leg lock. After the match, Anthony Ogogo comes out and he hits the gut punch to Cody Rhodes. And then he lays the Union Jack flag over the carcass of Cody Rhodes. So we may be getting Anthony Ogogo versus Cody Rhodes coming up in the near future. Now, this was one of my favorite segments of the show. Scorpio Sky and all-ego Ethan Page are now getting interviewed up in the rafters. Scorpio Sky said that showtime is over. It's his time, and Sting overstayed his welcome, and they are going after Sting. Then all-ego runs down the history he has with Darby Allin, saying that they have history, saying that he injured him numerous times. He put a dent in his head. He put... Metal in his elbow. He hurt Darby in the past, and he will do it again. This leads to Darby Allen coming out of nowhere and just attacking both Scorpio Sky and All Ego Ethan Page. But the numbers game is just too much for him. And All Ego and Scorpio Sky take the beats. Takes the beats to. I'm a, I'm a coin that phrase right there. They takes the beats to Darby Allen, and they throw him down a flight of steps, concrete steps that just looked absolutely brutal. Darby Allen, man, you got to preserve your body. I don't know how you're going to make it to 10 years in this business if you're going to just do this. This was just great, though. This was really, really fun. Not saying that I enjoy seeing Darby get destroyed here, but it, it was. It brought a lot of edge. Not Adam Copeland. It brought a lot of edge to Ethan Page and Scorp. Next, Britt Baker versus Julia Hart. Not to be mistaken with anyone in the Hart family. Britt Baker picks up the victory here. Quick squash match. She's on a roll to double or nothing. Next. SCU versus the Varsity Blondes versus the Jurassic Express versus the Acclaimed. Shouts to uh, Max Caster with another entertaining rap. 
But tonight was SCU's night. They defeated all other teams with the best uh, moonsault ever into the pile driver. I don't know what they call that. The best Meltzer ever, I believe they call it. Really, really fun matchup here. I got to say, Kaz acts like, Kaz looks like he hasn't aged a day. And for Christopher Daniels, he looks like he aged, but his in-ring work shows that he hasn't. So I'm really happy to see Kaz and Daniels continue to tear it up here. But I do think they lose to the Bucks, and I do think they split up. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what's come, what's to come for SCU. But they are now in the number one contenders and will be facing the Young Bucks next week in a tag team title matchup. Now, next week's show is extremely stacked. We have the Young Bucks versus SCU for the tag team titles. We have it announced that Miro will be facing Darby Allen for the TNT champion. Darby Allen is hurt, but if he doesn't make it, then he forfeits the title. Miro says that we're going to find out what happens when the man who's scared to die goes against the man who's not scared to kill him. This is awesome. I think Miro is going to win the title. Miro deserves the title, and I think that it's really going to be a big, big push for Miro going forward. So I'm excited for that. We have it announced that it is the number one contendership matchup between Orange Cassidy and Pac. The winner will face Kenny Omega at double or nothing. This should be very interesting. I remember the Orange Cassidy Pac match from last year's Revolution was absolutely phenomenal. I enjoyed it. I think that it's going to be interesting to see who goes against Kenny Omega for the World Heavyweight Champion. They've been doing a start-stop push for Orange Cassidy, and Pac has just been absolutely on a tear, so... Either one, I'm happy with. I'm cool with. Next week, we also get the IWGP US Champion match between John Moxley versus Yuji Nagata. John Moxley cut a hell of a promo on Nagata. We got to see a lot of New Japan footage here. Really cool. The Forbidden Door has been kicked down and ransacked. This has been awesome to see New Japan shit on AEW. Really happy to see that. But... Enough talking. Let's talk about what the people came to see. The double ring, steel cage, the blood and guts match, the war games match, the match beyond, whatever you want to call it. We got it here between the pinnacle and the inner circle. This was an absolute bloodbath. This was an absolute war. Now, let me get the negatives out the way so I could just... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just, we just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Talk about the positives. The negatives in this match for me was there was too many commercial breaks. And I seen online a lot of people were complaining about the amount of commercial breaks. It really stopped the momentum of the matchup. And it seemed like a lot of important things was happening during these commercial breaks. It wasn't like rest time because during one commercial break, Tully Blanchard's getting involved. During the next commercial break, MJF is climbing to the top of the cage. During the last commercial break, Jericho's meeting him on the top of the cage. Like, yo, these are things that people want to see. This is things that I'm sure the crowd popped for and would have seemed really, really fun to hear that crowd, which was a massive crowd, 1,500 people in Daly's place. You really heard them last night. Big crowd for AEW. It was really something that would have been nice to see on TV, but instead we were watching picture in picture and hearing commercials for Geico and freaking The Hunger Games. So why, why, why couldn't they do a commercial-free show? I know maybe just a commercial-free matchup. I know it's not up to AEW. It is up to TNT. They have to get their ads in. I wish they were able to do it. I'm not going to blame them for it, but it did hurt the matchup. I can't blame AEW because, like I said, this is a decision that comes from the network. It would have just been nice if the network gave AEW that leeway to have a commercial-free matchup because this match needed it. This was a pay-per-view quality matchup that kept on having to feel like the momentum gets stopped and restarted again because of the commercial breaks. Now, also, I know a lot of people are complaining about the finish. Very anticlimactic. I agree. It didn't seem like something that I would have done for the finish. But I, I mean, it is what it is. The match was freaking phenomenal, though. Let's let's talk about the matchup. We get to start out the matchup. We get Sammy Guevara and Dax Hardwood. They are just beating the shit out of each other. Sean Spears enters the match. They attack Sammy Ortiz, who, by the way, the inner circles getup was they were all wearing jumpsuits, and on the back they showed their the jail from or the prison from their area. So, they were all in jumpsuits. Santana Ortiz had the Dead Presidents makeup on. Really, really, really fun to see that here. If you remember, they did the Dead Presidents thing against, uh, I believe, it was against OVE and Impact Wrestling a couple years ago when they had the Barbed Wire Massacre 3 match. But I may be mistaken. I know they did it sometime before. But anyway... Ortiz comes in, he evens the odds, Cash Wheeler comes out, then Santana, Santana's a house of fire in this matchup, Wardlow comes in and wrecks everybody, this is where we get the first commercial break though, then after the commercial break, Jake Hager comes in, him and Wardlow fight each other, then we get MJF and Chris Jericho finally, this matchup was just absolutely insane, everybody was bleeding buckets, they ripped up the ring mat, so you had the exposed wood. Big spike pile driver onto Dax Hardwood, onto the spiked, on the spiked wood, onto the exposed wood. Gosh, a lot, a lot of here, a lot, a lot's going on here. Crazy, crazy, craziness. 
This matchup was absolutely phenomenal. I got to give it a four out of five stars. The only thing that took it down a notch was the ending. So I didn't know that there was no pinfall in this matchup. It was only surrender or submission. And I think that that really hurt the matchup here because I really feel like the inner circle needed to be definitively destroyed and decimated by the pinnacle here to really make the pinnacle a massive, massive threat like I talked about on last night's episode. So anyway... The ending comes when MJF and Chris Jericho battle on top of the cage. They're fighting. And MJF threatens to throw Jericho off the cage onto the floor. Which, by the way, was embarrassing because Excalibur called it a concrete platform when what eventually happened showed that it was just a crash pad. But... He threatens to throw Jericho off, and Sammy Guevara says, We surrender, we surrender, we surrender. Please don't hurt Jericho. Ugh. I would have much rather see MJF pin Jericho. I would much rather see MJF throw Jericho off and then get the pinfall there. Or MJF make him submit with the Salt of the Earth Fujiwawa armbar. I was not a fan of the anticlimactic, We surrender. You, nobody in the crowd was going to be able to hear that. It was very low. I barely heard it on TV. Like, great match, hurt by a bad finish. You know, it was once said by Vince McMahon that the finish is all anybody remembers. And let's let's talk about that. We had a great matchup between Kenny Omega and John Moxley in the barbed wire exploding ring match. And what happened? No one cared because of the poor finish with the sparkler explosion now we have a amazing matchup amazing blood and guts matchup between the pinnacle and the inner circle and all i see online is nobody cares because of the poor finish but at the end of the day mjf throws jerk off anyway jericho goes flying 10 feet down into crash pads be that as it may the pinnacle wins mjf was on top a bloody mess this was a great matchup, 4 out of 5. I give this show a 4 out of 5 stars as well. I really enjoyed it. This was a pay-per-view quality show, and it felt like a pay-per-view. The only thing that brought it down was the commercial breaks. Great showing from AEW. I hope it got a high rating because it was well-deserved. Great, great, great show from AEW. Blood and Guts definitely delivered. Let's talk about another great show that happened last night. The show that happened before Blood and Guts. MLW Fusion. This was the season finale for MLW Really good show. This matchup was surrounded by the rematch between Leo Rush and Myron Reed for the middleweight champion. We get promos from both to start off the show. First matchup of the show, we have Gringo Loco versus Laredo Kid. This was a fun matchup. Gringo Loco doesn't he's deceptive for his size. It doesn't look like he could do some of the things he pulls out. He he reminds me a lot of Super Crazy. Laredo Kid picks up the victory here with a really fun matchup. I'm a fan of Laredo Kid. Really fun. We get a Alex Hammerstone promo. He says that Contra is scared to face him. They keep on blocking his title shot. They know that he will be the one to dethrone Jacob Fatu. He wants Contra unit. Joseph Samael keeps on blocking that title shot, though. But the battle riot is coming back, and if Alex Hammerstone beats... Well, if he wins the battle riot, then there is no... Denying that he will be the number one contender. 
it's announced that MLW is growing. They have a show on Vice TV. They have a show on The Zone. They have the show on BN Sports. They, which is also shown on YouTube. So they announced that there's going to be a roster draft for MLW. They're going to have more roster members. They're going to expand the roster. I don't know if they're going to do brand splits, but they're definitely expanding the roster for what is going to be an expanded MLW product, which is really cool. I'm all with it. We get a Von Erichs promo. The Von Erichs are talking about Filthy Tom Lawler. They want the filthy one. Richard Holiday versus Ariel Dominguez. Okay matchup. Gino Medina attacks Richard Holiday after the match. But after this, this is where the show really, really picks up. We get the main event. Leo Rush versus Myron Reed. This was an amazing matchup. These two really went all out. Balls to the wall. Myron Reed is a star of the future. I really like Myron Reed. And Leo Rush, we all know from this podcast that we are fans of Leo Rush. And Leo, he is definitely one hell of a wrestler. But at the end of the day, Myron Reed wins the title from Leo Rush in an amazing matchup. He is now the two-time MLW middleweight champion. Great main event. Afterwards, we see footage of last week of Selena De La Renta getting kidnapped and thrown into a van by a masked man. And she is confronted by El Jefe. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. From the Azteca underground promotion. And El Jefe is revealed to be Dario Cuerto from Lucha Underground. Dario Cuerto is here in MLW and he is El Jefe. He says he's going to be in Philadelphia on July 10th. And that Selena De La Renta will be sacrificed this is just insane. The whole cross-promotion here, the rebirth of Lucha Underground with MLW, this has just been awesome. And to really solidify it, the Azteca Underground promotion that is being rebuilt, he said he's looking for a temple. So it looks like we are going to be getting the return of Lucha Underground in Azteca Underground. And you cannot make it more official by having 
Dario Cuarto, El Jefe, in charge. This was a great way to end the show. Great way to end the season for MLW. Phenomenal show. MLW just constantly is delivering week in, week out. Shouts to MLW. Shouts to Court Bauer and the staff and crew over there because they are definitely the best kept secret in professional wrestling. And I don't think they're going to be a secret for much longer because, gosh, they are doing great, great things. So, great show from MLW. I give it a four out of five stars. I really, really enjoyed this. Wednesday was just a great, great night for wrestling. I enjoyed a lot. AEW was phenomenal. MLW was phenomenal. But... This is the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, so everyone strap in. We're going to go on a DeLorean ride, and we're about to go back to 2005. This is Making an Impact. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's episode of Making an Impact. This episode will be from TNA Impact from December 24, 2005. We are just two episodes away from 2006. It is announced that next week we will be having a double header for TNA Impact. There will be an episode before the new year and an episode after the new year. So next week, Making an Impact, we'll be talking about both episodes on the same night. The one before the new year and the one after the new year. So that should be really exciting. But we're on the road to Final Resolution 2005 here. Christopher Daniels is back from his percussion. Samoa Joe has been on a rampage here in the X Division. Disrespecting the code of the X Division. Not caring about the X Division. Destroying everybody in the X Division. On top of that, Jeff Jarrett has been making an army. And he is going against TNA management while the TNA troops are aligned. And Sting has been making his presence felt with his music hitting and the scorpion on the screen. So a lot of interesting stuff has been happening in TNA. And we're going to be talking about this special episode, the special Christmas Eve episode. Make sure to follow on Instagram at WrestlingDeloreanPod for all the latest on making an impact and all the latest on all the nostalgic shows that we do and all the current product shows that we do. Wrestling DeLorean Pod on Instagram. Thank you very much. Let's get into it. TNA Impact, December 24, 2005. This show is on Christmas Eve. It is announced that next week's show will be on New Year's Eve and there will be a show before the New Year and then the show right after the New Year. So two episodes of, two different episodes of TNA Impact will be happening next week, and we will be talking about both episodes. Very innovative. Very, very innovative here. Let's talk about this episode, though. This show starts out with Matt Belly and Tracy coming out as Santa and Mrs. Claus. They're giving gifts to the crowd. Very festive. Christian Cage then comes out. He says that he wants a gift from Santa Claus. Santa Claus, he wants Santa Claus to make him look like a rural world champion. So Santa Claus gives him... Basically a Jeff Jarrett costume. This is hilarious stuff. He gives him white pants, a wig, sunglasses, an old WWF Double J Don't Piss Me Off shirt, a mini guitar, and 
Christian Cage is just making fun of Jeff Jarrett here, doing the strut, saying now he looks like a real world champion. Now he could consider himself a champion because he looks like Jeff Jarrett. But then he said that no, he looks absolutely ridiculous and champions should not look like this. This leads to Jeff Jarrett coming out and Monty Brown coming out. They attack Christian Cage. But Christian Cage, he he's able to escape when Sting's music hits. Next on the show, we get a promo from Christopher Daniels. He says that he will be facing Samoa Joe for the exhibition title at Final Resolution, and he wants his revenge. This leads to Christopher Daniels in a match with Eric Young. Eric Young and Christopher Daniels put on a good matchup here, but CD picks up the big victory. He's on the road to Final Resolution, and he's on the road to revenge when he goes against Samoa Joe at Final Resolution. Samoa Joe took him out at the Genesis pay-per-view, gave him a grade three concussion. Christopher Daniels made his return at uh, Turning Point when Samoa Joe was attacking AJ Styles after their matchup. And now we're getting CD versus Samoa Joe at Final Resolution. Bullet Bob Armstrong, he has a promo here with BG James and Kit James. He says that he feels that nothing is not fixable. He says that he will be able to talk sense into Ron the Truth Killings and Conan, and he could bring back together the four live crew because this could have been one of the best teams of wrestling history. So we will see if that is the case here. Next, we get a matchup between Abyss and Chris Sabin. This was a real mismatch of a matchup here, but it was a fun matchup nonetheless. They meshed together pretty well. Abyss always worked really well with the smaller talent, and Chris Sabin looked really good against uh, heavyweight talent here. But this is just basically a prolonged squash match for Abyss. Abyss picks up the victory. Great transition from the springboard into the black hole slam. I really enjoyed it. Abyss picks up the victory. Fun matchup. Next, we get Kenny King versus Ron the Truth Killings. Really young Kenny King here. Ron the Truth Killings picked up the quick victory here. Bully Bob Armstrong comes out, but before we can get on the mic, Ron the Truth Killings says he's done. He doesn't want no part of the family drama. He wants to do his own thing. I don't want nothing to do with it. And Bullet Bob Armstrong looks very confused here. We get a video package of Raven, 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 and Larry Savisco. Larry Savisco said that at final resolution he'll name the final participant against Raven. And if Raven wins, he gets a title shot. But if Raven loses, he is fired. So Raven said that he beat everybody that Zabisco put in his path, and this will be no different. And then he will claim his destiny once again, and he will become. The TNA heavyweight champion. Well, the NWA TNA heavyweight champion. Main event of the night, we got Christian Cage versus Chris Harris. A lot of interference here. James Storm and Gail Kim is ejected from the start here. These two have a really good matchup. Good chemistry between the two. Chris Harris, at this point, really looked like he was going to be a real star. A real single star one day. It's just sad to see what happened to Chris Harris because I think that he had all the potential in the world. We all know how the whole Braden Walker thing went. But he had a lot of potential. Chris Harris, good showing. But at the end, Christian Cage picks up the victory when he reverses the catatonic into the unprettier. After this, Jeff Jarrett and Monty Brown attack Christian Cage. And they just put the beats onto Christian Cage. They destroy Christian Cage. They absolutely decimated him for the remainder of the show. The show goes off the air with Monty Brown and Jeff Jarrett standing tall. So to the people of 2005, Merry Christmas. Your gift from TNA is a beaten and battered Christian Cage.
That was Impact Wrestling for this week. This is making an impact. I hope everyone tunes in tomorrow for the This Is Extreme show. We're going to be talking about Impact Wrestling from tonight. We're going to be talking about all the news and updates. We're going to be talking about Dark Side of the Ring. And we'll be talking about This Is Extreme, the ECW show, the follow-up to Russell Palooza 1997. So have a great day. Enjoy your day. Stay positive. Stay strong. Stay safe. One love. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 